Hello, this is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm your host for the Self-Made is a Myth, Make a Difference Together show, where we're talking with successful business owners to hear their stories of the journey to building their business. And because we know that success in business is not something that we can do on our own, we are taking some time to recognize the folks who have helped us along our the way and helped us to excel. Today, I'm excited to have a fellow business owner from Indiana with us today. And my guest is a farmer's daughter and made her own clothes and food growing up. And so that's pretty incredible. We're going to want to hear a little bit more about that. In her downtime, uh, she loves watching old TV series and gets caught up in it and compares uh, today versus back then. And uh, when she has more time, she gets away and does missions uh, work and and trips, and we're going to ask her to tell us about her recent one here. And she is most proud of her son and and his wife becoming uh, parents, and just the incredible job that they are doing uh, raising their young family. It's my pleasure to welcome Marsha to the show today. Hello, Marsha. Hi, Tim. How are you today? I am so awesome. Thank you for asking. Well, hey, let's start with having you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit of your personal story, like where you were born, where you live, about your family, and and uh, tell us about that missions trip. Sure. Um, thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me on. We're looking forward to the conversation today. Um, I'm Marsha Barnes. I'm the CEO and founder of Valve and Meter Performance Marketing, and we help businesses achieve transformational growth um, here at Valve and Meter, so we really enjoy doing that. Kind of comes from uh, my past career as the marketer and 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 CEO at Defender. Def, now to, it was called Defenders in its last iteration. They've been sold to ADT and no longer exist today. But I'm the marketer that grew that business from two million to over four hundred million in revenue, ending up as the CEO and and over over about a fourteen year career. So Valve and Meter takes the marketing for, uh, methods that we use there and helps other businesses grow exponentially with that. So awesome work, fun work. Um, I started life um, in a place very familiar to Hoosiers because of the movie Hoosiers. I uh, lived in and grew up in Milan, Indiana. Ah. <laughs> my dad was actually at the game. Um, he was in the eighth grade when that happened. He um, had been to every game that season. I just learned that just a few, a couple months ago. So um, it's part of our deep culture. Um, my dad was a farmer, um, is a farmer in a way, even in his 80s now. He does um, some truck farming and sells things at the farmer's market and still lives on the farm. Mm. Um, I was a farmer's wife for 25 years, so I've come from this strong farming background and became a businesswoman along the way um, and uh, transitioned into being more of a city girl these days, which I never thought would happen. I've said <laughs> that so many times, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I like the position that you've taken with your podcast about the term self-made and the juxtaposition of that on what is really truth, because I have been introduced before as being self-made, and it's one of the things that I will quickly and passionately change up because there's nothing about me that's self-made. Everything about me is kingdom made. Mm. You know, I, I, I grew up in a family where um, we were poor. Um, my mother had a lot of issues mentally and was abusive and had some drug addictions and things that created just massive trauma for us as kids. And typically you would look at that if you take the ACEs exam where they look at your your um, your um, childhood experiences, what do they call it? Adverse childhood experiences is what ACE stands for. 
and you take a quiz and it scores you on your likelihood to be able to, um, how severe your childhood trauma was and the likelihood that you'll be able to break that cycle. And I score very high on that, like 98% chance that I would end up in jail or addicted or abusive or, <laughs> you know, all of the things, right? And that didn't happen to me and it didn't happen to my sisters, you know, um, we did not repeat those cycles. And uh, the 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 way that you solve for that is um, the resiliency test tells you about who was in your life that was speaking into you and encouraging you and helping you adapt. Mm. Um, grandparents, teachers, school teachers, coaches, 4-H leaders, friends, aunts and uncles. And we had that in spades. And in my business life, it's been the same thing where um, it just seems like God puts just the right person in my path at the moment that I need um, a word or encouragement or a new methodology to keep moving forward and being able to be my best self. Um, so good on you for recognizing that most people have that that thing working behind them, you know. So tell us about, um, yeah, you mentioned uh, to me ahead of time that your son has a, a, a new newborn and, and you're a grandma. So tell us about that. Yeah, you know, I, like I said, I was married to a farmer for 25 years and um, our, uh, my RJ's dad and I separated, um, a few years ago and, you know, we're very good friends. We did a great job watching RJ parent today lets me know that even though there were a lot of differences between his dad and I, we focused on, we had shared values and shared, shared beliefs as we were raising the kids and watching RJ and my daughter-in-law Cody now raise Emerson and seeing how that's multiplying. Um, through my granddaughter has just been such tremendous joy. You know, Tim, you, you don't have grandchildren yet, do you? Mm -mm, no. You're way too young. Um, so, so, so much has changed. You know, when I had children, you learned from your mom and your grandmother and your aunts and your uncles and the neighbors and the church ladies how to raise a baby. Everybody would tell you how to raise a baby. Well, today, the young parents have so much research and technology and answers coming to them at the <laughs> oh, by the way, that's my. She's a beauty, um, but everything's right here. Plus, my daughter-in-law is a nurse, so they they just they just have so much working for them on knowing what to do. And one day, I was over at their house, and I picked up some device off the coffee table, and I said, "So, what's this?" And and Cody told me the official name of it. She says, "We call it a booger snatcher." And I said, <laughs> I said, "Well, we had one of those, but it was like a syringe bulb that we would use." And she goes, "Yeah, yeah, those have to be replaced every ninety days because of the bacteria." And I'm like, "Oh." And RJ, <laughs> RJ said, "You didn't, you didn't change that every ninety days, did you?" I said, "No, it made it all the way through your brother two years." <laughs> <laughs> they're doing an awesome job and just the way they're learning about each other and caring for one another and the de deepening of their marriage and all of the love surrounding them is just precious to watch. That's yeah. awesome. So yeah. you just got back from a missions trip. Tell us about that. I did. Um, I've been working um, with um, actually Dave Lindsay, the owner of Derip Defenders, um, introduced me many years ago to about 2006 or seven to uh, Youth with a Mission Homes of Hope out of uh, the San Diego Baja area. And they build homes for the less fortunate in Ensenada and Tijuana. And so I just finished my 20th mission trip with them um, about a month ago. And I know it was my 20th, but, you know, Tim, it might have been 20 times better than any of the ones I'd been on. And they've all been great, you know. But um, some of the differences were I, I traveled with a lot of other business leaders who were doing some fundraising for the ministry. 
And there were so many business leaders from here in our city in Indianapolis. God's just really doing something great at the heart of our city. I'm not sure what it is because everybody's coming from all different directions in this participation, but it's remarkable. And I took a young leader, um, young business leader who I've been mentoring for about a year with me. She was really excited to accompany me on that trip. And she just got so much out of it. I thought I was going to have to take a string and tie it around her ankle to keep her from floating off into the ozone. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'll give you one example. Um, you know, on this particular trip, each year they bring in a, a Christian artist or band to perform um, kind of a little concert there. And so David Crowder's done it, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Michael W. Smith, the big names in Christian music. And this year we had a guy named Brenton Brown, and none of us recognized him. But he's the songwriter that, that writes all these songs for these big artists, ah. you know, songs we're singing in churches and worship bands and listening to on the radio every day. And Brenton, usually the artists will come in and do their concert and leave, but Brenton brought his family with him and participated in the build. And the way this works is on day one, you show up to the job site, the family is there, they have poured a concrete pad um, to build the house on. And the second day you're gonna leave with that house completed, wired for electric, um, furniture is in there and groceries and supplies. And you hand off the keys and everybody's life changes. Of course, the family's life changes that's receiving the house, but the volunteers who came to build and the missionaries and all the community around them. Yeah. After 20 times of watching that, it's just such a wonderful thing. Well, on the second day, we take the family, we take up donations and we take the family to the grocery store to get um, supplies. And this particular time, Brenton Brown finds himself on the grocery trip to the Walmart, the Mexican Walmart. And um, he gets this God nudge that the little girl in the family, seven years old, should have a bicycle. Hmm. And so he goes to the dad and says, well, I'd like to get Rami a bicycle. Rami is the, the, the daughter of the house, the, 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 the uh, couple that was receiving the house. And the father says, it's too much. It's too much. He already had a couple grocery carts stacked full of stuff and it was overwhelming for him. And Brenton convinced him that that, he, that would be good for the girl to get a bicycle. Hmm. So they take her to the bicycle aisle and it's three st stacks high to the ceiling, these bicycles. And they tell her, you can pick out any bike you want. No Mexican kid really hears that. They they never hear, pick whatever you want. It's, mm. it's pick what's the most affordable or the most practical and that, those things. So as could be predicted, she picks a bicycle off the top shelf. And now we need the Walmart to bring the lift to get the bike down, right? And we wait and we wait and we wait. And we're and the the it, we're gonna we're now starting to fall behind schedule to get back to the build site and keep the rest of the day on on program. Hmm. So the father says, Rami, go ahead and pick a bike from the bottom shelf so that we can go back to the house, which she was looking forward to that. But she reluctantly picks a second choice. And the men are trying to get this bicycle off that bottom shelf and it's jammed in there somehow. And they can't <laughs> get it loose and they're working with it and working with it and working with it and they cannot get it loose. Now, in hindsight, I picture two angels back there just holding on to it going, not this ah, one, not yeah. this one. <laughs> and now the lift comes from the Walmart and they go up and they get the bicycle and they bring this bicycle down to Rami and set it in front of her. And as luck would have it, the designer of the bike was named Rami. And her oh. name is in big letters across the seat of that bicycle. 
And we were all just stunned. Wow. But then on top of that, Brent, one of Brenton Brown's most recent releases is He Knows My Name. Hmm. And it was just such a blessing to see that. It was, it, you know, God is a relational God and just showing up and touching all of us in different ways and very deeply in that moment, you know. That's cool. Yeah. Wow, thank you for sharing. Um, sure. Marcia, tell us about how the business came about and at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business? Um, well, I owned my own business before. I, 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 I This is actually my fourth startup. So okay. um, I had done a couple of things before I met Defenders and then I the company I had when I met Defenders, I merged in with, um, with them. And then um, I had part ownership there. And so when I exited in 2013, I took a year off and I felt like, you know, we've created this consistent result using math as part of the marketing deliverable, you know, mm -hmm. for every dollar that you invest in marketing, how many dollars of revenue or gross profit should we be seeing come back? And those, those conversations had been disconnected, in my opinion, from in the marketing conversation. Businesses don't sure. buy marketing correctly. Agencies don't sell it correctly and neither one tracks correctly. So <laughs> I thought we could reorient that, you know. So we started Valve and Meter. Start, I started down this path that today is Valve and Meter. And um, we've been at this for just about six years now. Okay. And my customer facing goal is to 10x the valuation of, of 100 businesses. Mm. And we've done that several times already and have a handful of others underway. Awesome. Um, we're trying to help people create abundance out of their business because typically that gives them more, they're hiring more people and we're creating nice. more jobs and we're able to do more philanthropic work and the influence expands. And I want people to be able to experience that. So right. that's kind of the path that got us here. Yeah. I, I like the, your reference to abundance. We teach that as well. In fact, our vision is world abundance through business re-education and the, the thought or the principle is right when you figure it out right the sky's the limit in terms of you know the success that you can have in your business right i, I love how how aligned it sounds like we are so. absolutely marcia share a story where someone pushed you or inspired you that you could do it even though maybe you didn't think you could and the impact that that individual had on you yeah you know um i i actually uh, do i have as a keynote speech that i do is forming your 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 personal board of advisors mm. And one of the four positions I highly recommend is someone who sees greatness in you before you can see it in yourself, you know? And uh, again, my journey has put many people along along my path that have done that. Um, Dave Lindsay was probably very critical in that, in that he was almost always, I never asked for a promotion ever. I never asked him about, hey, let me sell you my business. He was always tapping me on the shoulder and saying, because you do this well, I think you're ready to do that. I think you could make big changes wow. if you did that. And he did that on the merger. He did it on from director of marketing to VP of marketing, VP of sales and marketing, CMO, president, CEO, and president. Every time it was a position I was refusing, including <laughs> CEO. And he's saying, here's the reasons why I think you can do that. And that, you know, for me, when I look at the way many women in my age have been passed over in the marketplace during that season. Yeah. Again, I, that's why I watch these pop pop culture comparisons to TV shows, right? <laughs> um, or, you know, I, and I don't get me wrong. I worked hard and I really got results and I deserved every one of those promotions, but I did not, I did not work to get promoted. I worked to serve others. I worked to create abundance. I worked to help people achieve their goals. And um, so he was very visionary in being able to do that, you know? Yeah. 
That's awesome. I love it. That is fantastic. Uh, a little before his time, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, as you were asking me the question, there were two people I was kind of pivoting between, but I could probably give you another good story too prior to Dave, my work with Dave. Yeah. And I had a business partner, Evelyn, and Evelyn had, uh, she was about, she was from my same small town and she was about 15 years older than me. And when I was a child, she owned the Sears store in our small town. Mm. And she was a dead ringer for Barbara Eden. You remember I Dream of Jeannie where she <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and stuff would appear, you know. And so she owned the Sears store. And whenever my parents would order like our school clothes or Christmas gifts or whatever, she would wait on us at the counter and then go through these doors and come out with the packages, you know. And we were just sure she was back there creating these packages, you know. <laughs> so 20 years later, I find myself in business partnership with Evelyn, who I really loved and respected a lot. And at the time, I had a really severe, you know, again, you heard me talk about watching these old TV shows, but I was really addicted to daytime soap operas. And this is the era of the VCR. Uh -huh. And so I'm recording, you know, I'm recording all these soap operas and I'm watching them, you know, I'm skipping commercials and I've got very efficient at watching soap operas, you know. <laughs> and one time I showed up at the office one day and I was kind of grouchy and cranky and I hadn't sold anything before noon, which was super unusual. And Evelyn came to me and she goes, what's got into you today? You're just not yourself. And I said, well, Evelyn, I can't believe it. But on the guiding light yesterday, they killed off the guy who's been on the show since it started. Rats, and there was no sickness, no trauma, no kidnapping, nothing. They just hit me with it all at once. And she just, she was real small, real short. She just looked up at me and she put her finger right in my chin. She goes, I cannot believe someone as smart as you is so stupid to do that with their time. And <laughs> And Tim, you know, I, I was so mad. I was stomping back to my corner. I stewed about it all day. You know, I was, well, how dare she tell me what I can do in my spare time if I want to watch the soap operas, you know. I get home that night and I'm cooking dinner real fast so we can eat dinner. And, and I'm sitting at the table with the kids and I'm thinking about getting over to watch the stories, you know. And um, and RJ said, Mom, do you think Brooke is going to go back to, what was the guy, Thorne? Do you think Brooke's going to go back to Thorne, to Ridge? Do you think Brooke's going to, there's people who will listen to this who know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> Brooke's going to return to Ridge because he's just a big cheater with Taylor. And I went, uh, because <laughs> the boys had been playing yeah, in the room, sitting in the room, sure. watching these things with me. And in their little um, seven and four-year-old minds, they're they're like what do you think's going to happen they're doing the same thing i am they're right. already thinking ahead to the soap opera and i go boys why don't you help me with the dishes and then let's do something a little different tonight you know wow. and so <laughs> we played a board game and then i read them for the first time picked up chronicles of narnia and started reading with them before they went to bed and we never watched the soap operas again <laughs> and wow. you know evelyn was so courageous to speak so directly into me and in front of me and uh, and I listened, right, and watched for the other guiding signs coming from the kids and followed through on it. And man, I got so much more productive after that. That is an awesome story. Wow. Um, tell us your biggest learning as a business owner. Well, in this season of my life, you know, I've, I've led a company at $400 million in revenue and 2,600 employees. And you could pretty much walk out the door and say, you, I need this. You need you to do this. You know? <laughs> yeah. All these resources, you know. Um. And today, you know, we have 45 team members and oh my gosh, they're just such a treasure, just such talented people that we have here at Valve and Meter. It's a joy to show up every day. Um, but it's a different, this is a different world than what I've ever worked in. You know, it's 
partially remote, you know, partially hybrid. Some people are in the office. I have a wide range of ages and genders and different levels of interest and where people are at on what's important to them. And so it seems like you're you're needing to constantly um, vet, test, iterate, renew the what you think you know to be true, right? Mm -hmm. There are a few things I know that are need that have to be true. We need to love people. We need to serve them well. When we're doing that well, people give us permission to lead them. Mm -hmm. And when we have that, we get transformational results. I know those things to be true all the way through my career. But whether that's here on a screen or across the table for, with a coffee, hey, yeah, or if it's in a coaching session, or if we're analyzing somebody's marketing results, or if we're just hanging out at their soccer game, all of these things are different than they were 10, 20, 30 years ago, you know? Wow. So as you think about um, your your career as, you know, running businesses and and the backdrop here is we know that that business success doesn't happen in isolation. You you mentioned that earlier. So tell us about one of the biggest challenges you faced as a business owner and, and maybe a, a fellow business owner that came alongside you and helped you to get through that. Sure. Boy, a lot of people have really stepped in for me over the years. Um, you know, um, I don't know if you've heard, if you've met him before, but Bob Massey with Naptown Media here in the city, he um uh, he came alongside of me about 15 years ago as a mentor. He he was one of the vendors that I was working with on direct mail and he was helping me win in marketing when I was at Defenders. And our businesses really grew together a lot, but we really connected and he was a good sounding board and coach and mentor for me over the years. Um, and he was one of those people, again, that saw greatness in me that I wasn't seeing in myself. And so he would remind me of of what you've just done or this this last step that you took is so difficult to do. Make sure you understand how good you are at it, you know. Um, and today we still are in business relationship. He helps with a lot of of high end video work that we do here for um, Fortune 500 companies. Um, he's a brilliant creative mind, brilliant data mind. He's actually I didn't know this until he won the Sagamore Award. Is that what they call it? Sagamore Award? P.T. McAllister actually awarded it to him from the governor. Um, he is a Mensa, but he also, he tests in the top 10% of Mensas. Oh, wow. So he's uber brilliant, but he's he's able to translate that so clearly to an average intelligence person like me. Into things that are actionable, you know. Um, so he's really been a, quite a blessing to me over the years. And there are many, many people like this, you know. Wonderful. Well, I'm going to ask you to 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 try to pick three. So, if there are three people in your business owner owner journey that you're most grateful for being there, um, to as part of and helping you with your business growth, who are those three people, and how'd they help you? Oh man, it's going to be hard to leave anybody out here. <laughs> You're getting in some trouble. I, you know, I think um, I talked about Dave Lindsay earlier. The journey that we went on together um, was remarkable and amazing, and just godly, godly appointed and anointed, and those things. And um, we were professional arguers. You know, we <laughs> we we fought so openly and freely it made everyone else in the room uncomfortable. And I while bet, people, yeah. <laughs> while people would advise against that today, whatever it was worked for us, you know. And um I know I remember one time early on, uh, um, right after I had merged my business in with Dave's, um I came out of his office after one of these blistering shouting things back and forth. And his assistant followed me to the restroom and she said, you know, 
I watch the rest of the executive team go in and out there all day long. And all they do is say, yes, <laughs> I, I hear you go in. And she said that door's thin and I hear it. And you, <laughs> what you think is best for him. You're not just arguing with him for your position. You're arguing him for the best position. And so this frontline executive assistant spoke yeah. that into me, which caused me to go back to Dave and say, "Is this is what Tracy said. Is that the way you see it? And he said, yes, yeah, why you're on this team. So I, th I think oh, wow. that was a super blessing for me. Um, another person that's been incredible is Tom Daphnis. I actually just talked to Tom this morning. Tom's been my financial advisor for years, and um, um, he's part of Ron Blue Trust today, mm -hmm. Tom Daphnis. And Tom has, um, he's kind of taken me on, kind of adopted me under his wing over the years. He likes to root for the underdogs. So he <laughs> that, but he's really good at keeping me aligned on what's important between spirituality wealth, philanthropy, you know, he knows my heart and that I want to be generous and, and help break cycles of poverty, addiction and abuse. And he has just been such a good voice into my life that way as well. Um, my, for my business partner, Evelyn just had a huge impact on my life. She kind of, my own mother was, had a difficult time, um, seeing value in me or being able to speak into that. It was more, it was not a healthy relationship. So Evelyn was kind of that adopted mother force that was in there plus business. Yeah. And um, she really helped me and I helped, I helped her finish her career, career really strong um, in a, in a very, a very uh, generous way too. Um, but she invested in me and, and really, really was a big help to my development. Yeah. Fantastic. So Marsha, if we shift gears a little bit here and think about the next three to five years, what are the biggest challenges that you see that, um, are between you and and reaching your goals and who are the types of people that you're going to need to mm -hmm. allow you to overcome those challenges? Sure. You know, um, the, 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 the leadership team here and the whole of the team here is doing a really good job running the business. So I work on the front of bringing in revenue. Um, I, I need, I, I'm, I'm working, currently working on duplicating, um, the sales capability with, with other people on my team. Um, I have a book coming out in the spring, which will put me on, excuse me, the marketing front more than the sales front. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I want to be there because that's where I can wield influence, not for our business. Our business certainly benefits from it, but the book has a faith-based thread through it. It's not even a thread. It's faith-based business book, right? Yeah. Which you don't see a lot of. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so it gives me a platform to speak from. Um, I have Parkinson's disease. So I find that actually I had it happen this week where where it, it helps other people to see how they can still be great at business, oh, yeah. even though they might have a physical setback. Sure. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot of things in that, but I'm I'm moving more um consistently towards ministry. Um, I'm heavily involved with Truth at Work that puts together roundtables for Christian business owners. Yeah. I'm on the board there. I can see myself doing that the rest of my career. I don't really have a retirement thing in mind. I don't think it's biblical, certainly not on the horizon for me. So, um, But I'm, I'm trying to use the skills I have to be out there helping encourage other people and put tools and, and connections in front of them to help them to um, create abundance. You yeah. know? I love it. Jim Rohn said, we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So as you think about that, what advice do you have for business owners who are um, doing it on their own or, or think that they need to do it on their own? 
Yeah, I, I think you've got to get in in peer groups. I, I, I think this you talk about in your branding that this is lonely space and that can be true if you let it be. Um, isolation, I think, is where darkness happens and where, where things can fall apart for you and being your strongest self ever. Um, so finding those um, groups, whether it's Action Coach or YPO or Vistage or, you know, name, there's a, there's all yeah. different flavors of this. Yes. But finding the one that fits you the best and where you can be served at, to the level of your needs at that time mm -hmm. is super important. Um, so I, I, I'm a heavy fan of um, peer groups. I, I love it. Yeah. You, I, I can't count how many people have told business owners who have told me that, that quote, that it's very lonely at the top and right. They don't have anyone to talk things out loud with, and they don't want to take the the burden or the stress home and, and, you know, right. share what, with their significant others. So they're just holding on to it all by themselves and yeah. you know, trying to carry that weight. So it's, yeah. And I'm in four or five of those types of things. In fact, I'm in the accelerant group, which technically is a business networking group. Mm -hmm. um, but I was at the partners meeting this past month and we have a new member I'd never met. And I, I was on the panel speaking and I came off the stage and he's a 29 year old owner and he comes running up to me and he goes, I'm pretty sure you've got something neurological going on. And I'm like, yeah, it's uh, Parkinson's disease. And he starts telling me what's been going on with him, you know, huh. and I can't, I don't, I had never heard of what it was he was talking about, but he's, he has to take, he has tremor like I do. He has movement disorder like I do, but he has to take chemotherapy and it has leukemia types of, of manifestations. It's horrible what he, all he's going through. And he's like, I was so happy to be here tonight and see uh, somebody with a disability out there doing it just like I am. And he gives me a big hug. And I was uh, like, <laughs> you know, I was here for business, but what I received was a gift. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That is fantastic. So Marcia, it, it sounds like you've had some pretty incredible people in your your life and in your business journey if they were all here on the show with us today what would you want to say to them um thanks for listening to god's call on my life you know <laughs> yeah i love it yeah. um tell us more about your are you can you tell us about your book is it something that you're sure, able yeah. to share yeah um the book's called here we grow um the plot the well, i'm sorry the framework to 10x your results and transform your life the first three chapters deal with the story of my origin story through Defenders and how what Dave and I created there. The, the next three chapters deal with math before marketing, which is the linchpin of what I think is broken in marketing. Mm -hmm. And then if you're growing your business, you've got to grow yourself as a leader and you got to grow leaders around you and grow good culture. So we have three chapters on that and ends with a uh, chapter on a call for a call to abundance and philanthropy and giving and how to develop that strategy and outcome um faith-based threads through it um um stories of people and the uh, the impact that folks have had on me in my life all through that so it's um, a labor of love <laughs> so well congratulations i can't Thank wait you. to to see it when it comes out you've talked a couple times today about um the math of marketing and and it, it again i think we're we're on a similar wavelength because we teach our clients that marketing is math Right, that you, you should be able to evaluate it and calculate the return on investment, and don't you know, don't get caught in the trap of, you know, it's all about branding and and not about lead generation. And right, yeah. as a small business owner, you branding doesn't pay the bills, and it's just right. incredible that there's not very many people that are saying the message you are. So I yeah. I just I love that 
that you shared that today because sometimes I feel like I'm on an island. <laughs> no, it's 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 true. Way too many people are focused more on brand than they are on on um, getting a return, you know. And and if you if you if you go entirely towards what I might orient towards, you might be too heavy on everything has to have math, right? And if you go too heavy on branding, everything's branding. You're you're gonna you're gonna not have a brand because you never got any customers, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> but there's this balance, you know. And so typically with the clients I work with, I encourage them no more than thirty percent of your marketing budget should be spent on marketing. A, a reach would be forty. Um, you know, I'll see one and a half million dollar um, HVAC contractors, for expense, for example, trying to create a brand in this city when they've got 40, 50 million dollar competitors um, with a whole lot more resources. And they'll be like, but I'm on TV and I'm on radio just like them. But the amount of TV and radio you're doing compared to them is like a pimple on an elephant's head. <laughs> right. <laughs> so why not use that money to buy some more keywords or create more pages on your website? Yes. where they might be neglecting that. And so that's like a constant conversation with a, with an example of a client we would have. Yeah. Um, I had somebody give me a book they had gotten in a trade show that said, um, what was it? Lies, marketing, and more damn lies, I think it was called. <laughs> <laughs> but it had a chapter. And the reason the person had given it to me was it had a chapter in there about how you can't track marketing. You can't track the return. And uh, this was somebody who had been in Fortune 500 companies and all this stuff saying it doesn't matter. You want to do it this way. And I'm sure that they're winning from that position in certain assignments. But the things that I've done historically that have gotten these returns have not been that way. Right. And I will keep every book that someone gives me and find someone else to hand it to. But that one went in the trash. <laughs> so that's a dangerous message, you know. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Amen to that. Well, Marsha, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you, Tim. It's so great the type of message you're trying to get out there with people. Very encouraging for business leaders and owners to know that they need to be watching for how they became who they're becoming. You yeah. know? Awesome. To everyone who tuned in, thanks for listening to the Self-Made is a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Campbell. Be sure to help us spread this movement by liking the show and posting it on your social media. And to join our movement, go to bemadtogether.com. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Make sure to pay it forward and I'll see you all next time. Take care.